On this episode, Chris and I are bringing back two of our favorites. They're clearly the favorite because this is our favorites. This is the third time they've been on uh, our podcast when we've started. Uh, Lisa Kinski and Francois Jeffrey. And they're just great. They're from Noviland. We talk about they have a really cool new marketplace that they've launched for sellers. So we got to pick their brain about that. And then, of course, the state of logistics <laughs> right now and what to be prepared for. So it's great conversation. Yeah, they're fantastic. And Dustin, you've got like your own testimony. You've used Anobi Land for sourcing a product that you once sold, mm -hmm. uh, but you sourced it all by yourself. But this time you sourced it through Novi Land and you got better pricing, better quality, better communication, oh. all of it. Yeah. Five-star review from me for Novi Land. And we, we talk about that uh, more in our conversation with them. Um, but it's great. So, all right, well, let's listen in. Let's listen in our conversation right now. What's up, everybody? And welcome to episode 161 of Two Amazon Sellers and a Microphone, brought to you by Solozo. And today, Chris, we're bringing on our favorites. No. We got them back on. No. The rock stars, superstars from Novi Land, Francois Jeffrey and Lisa Kinski. How are you guys doing? We're awesome. Thank you for doing having great. us again. Yeah, thank you. It's always <laughs> it's always a pleasure. Every time I step into the room or like see you guys, Chris is always smiling, first of all. <laughs> yeah. that, that, that's that's always a thing. Always. And, and then you're always in a good mood. So it's like both of you guys combined puts me in a good mood, no matter how bad my day is going. I mean, this is just fun for like, uh, this is just something that when we started this podcast, we didn't think it would be anything like we just thought we'd just throw around. It's still probably not anything, but <laughs> it's just fun. It's just fun to like just chat and like learn the space and learn strategy. And uh, I don't even consider this working really. So yeah. no, but you, <laughs> you guys, fun. you definitely have something good going on. I, I can't remember who it was, but when I was at the hangout of Wizard of Amazon or Wizards at Ecom, in Miami, somebody introduced me as she runs one of my favorite podcasts, Link Up Leaders, and my other favorite is two Amazon sellers in a microphone. Oh, so you guys cool. have got something good going on. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, sad, sad we couldn't see you guys in Miami, but I know you guys had that meetup not too yeah. long ago in Texas. Yeah. Uh, and so I know fun. you guys played with a lot of heavy hit hitters there. So, no, it's, yeah. a, it's a cool space. It's a really cool space to be in. How it was is. that meetup? How was that meetup down there? She was there most of the time. Yeah. I I was in the airport for about thirteen hours. I went, yeah, we heard about to, that. Yeah, yeah, it was it was BS, but it is what it is. No, they just kept canceling flights. American Airlines, thank you, American. Oh, but, they're uh, so good. <laughs> <laughs> but Lisa can tell you more about it. She was there most of the time. How was it, Lisa? Yeah, no, it was amazing. Um, so that was my first foray into the events of the industry, and. Um, Carlos was gracious enough to host us at the Miami locations of Wizards of Ecom, and I met a ton of great people. Got to finally see like Amy Weiss in person. Carlos, of course, met a couple of sellers. Um, met Norm and David Dayon and Tim Jordan. So that's like when you guys were talking about who was in Texas. I was like, what did they do? Fly straight from Texas <laughs> to Miami? That had to have been what they did. I mean, it was it was awesome getting to know those folks and made a lot of new friends and heard a lot of awesome stories. Met Frank Acosta and. The folks at Seller Rocket. Um, it and was Gatita, really great to just like have everybody Yoni in the room and, and yeah. Oh my God, the Gatita team. Yoni is a hoot. He, he is. is. A hoot. 
Um, met Aton finally. He's nice. so Great guy. Um, but that was incredible. And then Seller's Dinner was amazing as well. So everything was just great. Those conferences and meetups and networking are so fun. And they're, they're so important. I mean, you learn so much from all of those uh, different people at those events. That I mean, I feel like you can't go to enough stuff like that. Um, mm. Just, I mean, just the, the contacts and the networks. I feel like if there's an issue that I have in in my business or anything, I mean, I'm like, oh, I can just let me reach out to Francois and Lisa about you know my logistics. Let me reach out to so and so. I mean, it's it's great. To, anybody listening right now that is not actively networking and going to conferences and stuff, it's it just opens up so many doors and you learn so many things. So, I highly recommend it. Well, even the aggregators, they were all there. Thrasio, Heyday, um, Empire Flippers was giving a great talk about like whether or not you should use a middleman, what to plan for. I mean, it's it's just free advice from firsthand from a lot of these service providers and potential partners. Um, Hopefully next time we will see Saluzo there because you deserve to be at every single one of those events. (laughs) We're going to try to do that. We're going to try to do that next year. Get out to more events, be be out there more just just to get out and network it's fun yeah 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 what's going on That's with Solosa? Right. i saw you guys got acquired recently tell me yeah. more about yeah. that we did chris take it away yeah so it's been, been kind of in the works uh this this company called net rush uh we had them on as a client they got to talking and they just acquired Solozo uh to be more of like their ad automation offering or their ppc automation offering for, for bigger brands, you know, uh, enterprise uh, brands, brands that are just either in retail or they're, they're looking to grow their presence on on e-commerce, whether it be Amazon or Walmart or what other part of Target. Um, so so we're just a, a piece of the pie of the NetRush family. Uh, but what Dustin and I are excited about is now we're not so much pigeonholed into just advertising and PPC. If we work with sellers and they need help with 3PL or they need help with their creative with their listing or images or SEO or whatever, we have those offerings now. Whereas before we always had to like make recommendations and kind of lose that connection there with, with the seller. So now uh, we're kind of a, a jack of all trades. We can, we can help out with you know, their listings, images, um, even like consulting is going to be an option. So I don't know. I think Dustin and I are both saying we can make more content. We can help sellers out when they need it. Um, it just gives us more avenues to, to to grow only ourselves, but also help sellers. And, and yeah. so this is multi-channel too, right? This, like yeah. you said, it was like Walmart. Tar- okay. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Very yeah. Cool. It's uh, yeah. It covers. We have a lot of the e-commerce needs covered under the umbrella of, of NetRush now, and uh, hmm. they're a great team. We, I mean, Chris and I've had so much fun. You know, anytime uh, there's a merger or an acquisition. You're you're meeting all the all the new people, all your uh, you know, your new colleagues, and we've had a blast. They're they're so they're awesome. They're experts at what they do. Um, we haven't even met everybody yet, uh, but it's been it's been really fun to to be a part of this process and now to to know that uh, you know what was created at Solozo, you know the the level of of service that it provided uh, just fit perfectly into into their pie. Um, as, as, as sort of the one the one offering that they didn't have, you know, 
fully fleshed out. That's so awesome. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be great. I, we're really excited about what the future holds um, and everything that we can do for for brands now of all sizes. You know, whether you're starting, it's whether you're launching your first product uh, on any channel. You know, however you're planning on your launch, whether it's D to C or through Amazon or Walmart. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and for for Chris and myself since we just geek out talking to anybody who's an entrepreneur or starting something and if we can help them in any way it's it's going to be a blast now that we can really point them into into a bunch of different channels so that's, that's what's awesome. happening with us it's uh we're definitely it's busy. Like, it's like we're the accelerator instead of a uh, aggregator is the way i like mm-hmm. to look at it mm-hmm. so we're excited oh, yeah. brands we help brands like accelerate their sales and grow and then, you know, maybe an aggregator can come in or maybe mm-hmm. we even buy them at some point. I have no idea. We'll see. <laughs> so. And that, that really did seem to be the topic, though, of uh, the conference that we went to, the Amazon powwow. It was really like, what partners can you bring into the mix to help you get to that next level to get a better exit? Yes. So, I mean, that that makes a ton of sense uh, for mm-hmm. anyone that's listening. Welcome to the Link of Leaders podcast, guys. Yes. We're talking yeah, about yeah. <laughs> Which, which everybody who's listening to this podcast should be listening to Link Up Leaders podcast. You guys are fantastic. Uh, it's a great, great show that you put on. Um, and, you know, you guys are our uh, first three-peat guest. I mean, this is their third three-peat. time coming on, I think, with us. Um, nice. So you're the, you're, uh, clearly, that means you're our favorite. And uh, <laughs> you're, you top the list on repeat guest appearances. And we want to learn, we want to talk all about what's happening at Novaland now. You guys have some really cool things happening. Uh, and I want to talk about those because we're it's a new marketplace that we can mm. sell on. I mean, that's so exciting. I want to dive in and talk all about that. And then I want to talk about just some updates on what's going on in the logistics world right now. Um, and maybe if there's ways that can help people navigate, because it's crazy. It's crazy on yeah. all fronts right now um but let's let's we'll we'll save that conversation for later let's talk about Novaland. why don't you guys for anybody who's listening right now and doesn't know what you guys do at Novaland, let's let's talk about that and then let's talk about your your new exciting project you guys have released now yeah yeah so uh, for anyone that doesn't know about Novaland, we are a full stack supply chain infrastructure all the way from uh, sourcing your products to production oversight, quality control management, logistics. Uh, and in the past about year and a half, we's, we've also gotten into distribution and 3PL fulfillment. Um, and so we've been spending the past about five years to really put all of this into a centralized platform, a single spot where you can go and effectively tell us about your project. We could find the right factory for you. Um, and then handle the production oversight, of course, on the other side, and uh, just make sure you get a, the, the, the right price for the right quality product. Um, developing those relationships with the factories, of course, uh, and also looking at the best logistic uh, 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 channels uh, for you. So whether that is going through Los Angeles, whether that's going to Houston, Savannah, I mean, we make it really easy for you to just plug in a few different destinations and you would see the the shipping costs there as well, as well as the customs and import duties. So all that done on one platform. Um, and that's been our, our bread and butter, I would say for the past a little bit over five years, uh, just building this up. Um, and recently we saw there there's one hole, uh, I think, in this entire equation that we're not 
helping fill, and that's really the the e-commerce retail side, right? We're we're noticing a lot of issues, and uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't think uh, anyone is going to drop Amazon to sell on the Novilan platform quite yet. Uh, but when you notice things like the rising cost of PPC, the rising cost in distribution, right? The challenges that Amazon is posing with their own fulfillment. Um, and sometimes taking weeks to check in and then to even sell your products. Um, so, I mean, with all these different challenges, I think it's opened the eyes to a lot of brands to say, uh, hey, you know, for the past few years, I've done great. I've built a eight figure business. We have uh, great margins. But as soon as something goes wrong, uh, wink, wink, the pandemic uh, <laughs> and throws anything out of whack, it's hard to manage. Uh, so we really built a, uh, a newer way, uh, us already knowing and owning the upstream supply chain infrastructure, if we add one more layer to that to make it easier for brands to sell, to make it uh, more fun for consumers to purchase uh, and merging those together, uh, I think is really key. And at the end of the day, we're a technology company. Uh, that's what we're going to continue building. And that's what we're doing today uh, with, with Novilin Shop. Okay. We're going to talk all about shop because I, I just have to, I got to dive into what's going on there. But I want to let everybody know, uh, I use Noviland. Uh, I use them to yeah. uh, source one of my products. And it's amazing. I'll just put it, I mean, I don't know how many capital letters, like I mean, how can I have <laughs> all caps? Amazing. Uh, I So especially for like someone like me, I mean, I... I go fast. So I love sourcing products. I love researching and figuring out like what, what I'm going to sell and how I can uh, organize. Am I cutting out by any chance? A little bit. Gonna... Little. Okay. A little bit. Someone just popped up. This in my uh, low internet. Okay. Let me know if I do that again. Um, for me, I, you know, I'm sourcing products. I love the, I love researching them. Uh, but I go so fast. A lot of times like, I just got to get it in. I, you know, doing a really quality inspection yeah. or, you know, maybe going around and checking out different price points, uh, price. No, the, my experience with Noviland was phenomenal. I mean, I sent an R, I put an RFQ in, uh, product back. Uh oh, I selected one. Uh oh, my robot dust in a little bit. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay, you guys talk. I'll I'll tell you my story okay. in a minute. Okay, go get that. Go get that okay. Wi-Fi. Go get that Wi-Fi box from your kid. The, the, yeah, the, we're, it's right here. Oh, you got it. Okay, okay. Yeah, I don't know so, what's going on. I never run out of Wi-Fi. You're you're, you're not. We've so we've determined that Streamyard just uses a ton of bandwidth. It does. We'll we'll have like no issues at all. Like we we had Cassandra Craven on the other day, and she's like, I came to the office. I have the strongest Wi-Fi possible. And hers was cutting in and out. It just eats up bandwidth, unfortunately. Might be time to find a new one. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, what do you have? You're looking crystal clear over there. I got, I, I upgraded. I went to the uh, the Google Fiber route. The I Google upgraded. Fiber. Yeah. My buddy was about that in Miami. Yeah, I upgraded. Uh, oh, shit. You're fine. <laughs> I'm stealing it all. Come be oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, I know um 
Yeah, it's 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 different than I think most other platforms have approached this uh, in regards to mm-hmm. uh, the supply chain. A lot have built out logistical infrastructures for themselves to run in retail um, and then started to open it up to third party sellers, whereas we really want to empower as many creators as possible uh, to just have an additional channel. Uh, and, and that's that's really the, the basis of Novi Land Shop. Of course, the there's a lot of things that we're building out right now that in the next four or five months, uh, I think are going to make it even more exciting, but it takes on this new social commerce aspect that uh, a lot of other countries are actually using, uh, for example, in China, um, hopefully bringing it here to the U S and uh, uh, just innovating on the way that people are able to shop uh, online and shop together and uh, all the fun stuff that you can do in person. Rather you could do it digital now. So, so how does it work? If I go to Novi Land and Dustin's, we've used it for sourcing. And I mean, every time we did like a, a video, Dustin's like, I'm using Novi Land. It's crazy. It's so easy. I'm like, let me see this thing. So like, it was all good. Like all organized. So if I'm using Novi Land to source, how can I use, or can I use Novi Land shop to, to sell the same product that I'm sourcing? hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but it's not that. exclusive. Uh, Lisa, okay. you want to dive into that? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, if you actually, Francois, if you want to stand up and, and turn around, we just got some shirts made that show the, the full oh, yeah. capability of what we were able to do. Uh, yeah. So you can now yeah. source, ship, yeah. store, and yeah. sell your product through <laughs> Noviland.com. Um, so really what we've done is, you know, we were always kind of in the upstream part of it, right? You could always source your product, get it shipped. We could do the quality control inspections. And we've got what, a, a, approaching a million square feet of 3PL in the US. So you, we've always been able to do the front end of things. And now we just wanted to give an opportunity for folks to also sell their products. And like Francois said, in a fun new way where folks can shop together and save together. So instead of then having to use the 3PL to maybe drip feed your Amazon FBA and then deal with their inventory limitations. And if your IPI drops down, I mean, you know, Amazon's always going to be the big one and it's going to be the the breadwinner for a lot of people. But this is also shown that diversifying your uh, marketplace portfolio is a, a good thing to do. I mean, you want to be able to sell through different channels. Um, and it really just, again, we're all about simplification and streamlining, and it just makes it easier for those brand owners and creators to get their hands into or their products into the hands of people that need them most in the the leanest way possible. But to uh, to, to go back on your question a little bit, Chris, uh, it's not exclusive. Some of that sources through us doesn't necessarily have to sell through shop, and someone that sells through shop doesn't necessarily have to source through us. Um, the only caveat that really comes with shop is the utilization of our 3PL fulfillment. And that's because we are creating a lot of lean operations when it comes to that last mile fulfillment, as well as just the management of their inventory. So for example, right now we have a very closed environment working with very close partners of ours that are exclusively using our 3PL fulfillment. Some might be sourcing from us, some might be using our logistics also, uh, but the, the uniform across the board is that they're all using our 3PL fulfillment. And um, it's through a series of algorithms and operations that we can just help them streamline those uh, those fulfillment capabilities to essentially make it a little bit cheaper for them, a little bit cheaper for the consumer. So everyone ultimately wins. And you don't have to pay things like PPC, which we see is on the rise across the board. You're not competing with a thousand other brands, right? Uh, 
so with all these uh, uh, aspects that play into your your tacos, which you guys talk about so yeah. much, yep. uh, you could take that into consideration for even your pricing model on shop. Uh, again, but to, to answer your original question, you don't have to source through us to sell on shop. You just have to have product in our uh, warehouse. Uh, and that's really how we uh, ultimately uh, can get those products to the consumers. Well, it makes sense. You've already, you're already 3PL in a forum. Now just add a channel where they could sell a marketplace where they could sell and it's just it's simple turn on the knob and now you can simply sell in a different marketplace. Makes I'm going to plug this computer in re really quick. While, while so he was prepared. Yeah, it's all right. Well, I've got internet connections. Uh, you look good now. You look good now. All right. Okay. Yeah, you look good now. You guys all just went down for me for a second though. So I don't know okay. what's going on. <laughs> we're, we're gonna, it's got to be StreamYard's fault though. It can't, it can't be ours uh, at all. Uh, so talking about shop, so let's say I want to sell on shop do is the, like the listing creation. Is that, is that all done by me? Is that similar to like setting up a listing on Shopify or on Amazon? Um, is that basically the same, same there? Yeah. Yeah. Cause ultimately like nobody's going to know your product better than you do. Right. So mm -hmm. the, you know, it would be. At this point in time, and this is something that we've kind of gone a little bit back and forth on, but at this point in time, you know, we do need the creators to write their own product descriptions. And really, if you already are selling on some of the other marketplaces, you're going to have that information. Um, we may tweak it just a little bit, you know, of course, you know, with, with your approval, we'll, we'll let you guys know the changes we're making um, a little bit just to match the audience, but it's, it's really, it needs to be creator provided. Yeah. And I mean, we'll take a look at our audience also. And uh, this is a big aspect that Amazon doesn't provide. And it is those consumer insights, mm -hmm. right? It's understanding what do people like? What sort of feedback are they giving you? Aside from just the reviews, which sometimes are even just, hey, my my package arrived late, one star review. Yeah. Does nobody any good? <laughs> right. Um, well, in this case, what we're actually uh, building towards is this feedback loop for creators, for them to say, hey, I want to launch this new mug and I want to know what people actually think about it. Do they think the handle is too small? Are they returning it because it breaks when they receive it very easily? Well, we can make those tweaks and adjustments very easily for those creators, whether they're sourcing through us or not. It's just letting them know, hey, this is what people are saying about your product, right? They're in love, let's say, with the handle size or the design or the shape. Well, these different aspects for you as a creator selling on Amazon, selling on Walmart, selling on Target, they matter. The words that your consumers are using matter because it plays into your copy. It plays into your keyword targeting, into your listings that you use on those other marketplaces. So if we can provide that feedback to them and we could essentially create this feedback loop while at the same time they're making money, everyone's making money and the consumers are paying less and getting you know the same level of uh, service, if not better than, than other people. Uh, marketplaces, then why the hell not? Especially mm -hmm. if we already have the products. It's yeah. it's little to no effort to have your products listed on Noviland Shop as it is to not at the end of the day. You have your Amazon <laughs> listing. You give us the information. You give us the pictures. You give us the pricing. Uh, and once we understand some of the USPs and maybe some additional information about the product, uh, then we could just list it and have our consumers start looking at it, start saying what they like, what they don't like, uh, and whether or not they want to buy it. What's the lead times? What's the lead times look like? If I buy a product off uh, off the Novaland shop, what what can I expect as far as shipping times? 
likely still somewhere between five and seven days. Okay. Um, so we're not offering the two day right now, at least it's something that we're looking into in the future, but this plays into the logistics conversation, yes. right? About, uh, and it's a topic I think has been picked up by a lot of news outlets, especially recently, um, which I'm very happy about. It thrills me anytime I hear the word supply chain mentioned in the news. <laughs> uh, let me start off uh, prefacing that because it might make me nerd out a little bit. Um, but it talks about, you know, the driver shortage, first of all, and then we're talking about distribution backup. So whenever you go to a, let, let's say from my 3PL, we're shipping out one box of these. Well, a FedEx driver, or UPS driver will typically either come pick it up if they're small parcel, or you'll have a trailer left at the 3PL to fill up. They take it back to their distribution center. They scan it in, they send it off to the regional distribution center. There's a lot of facility touch points, right? That's typically what you find in the tracking on FedEx or UPS. Well, with not enough drivers, with everyone buying more, with um, uh, essentially everything shifting to e-commerce and the reliance only being on these conglomerates, only being on USPS, only being on FedEx, on UPS, these three major players, uh, and of course we have uh, the supplementary ones like Deliver, which also offers a two-day shipping. Um, well, that's causing bottlenecks, right? So even a five to seven day, even on Amazon today, you go in, you find a Prime badge, and it might not even be two days. Yeah. And this is one of the most established logistics companies that you could possibly imagine with the infrastructure that they have. They have products across the board, different warehouses. They know the most optimal routes. And they can't even keep a two-day promise. So for us to try to get it to you in five to seven days, uh, it's something that we're always going to keep striving for. Of course, we want to get to that two-day shipping. Um, it's something that I think we will be able to get to in the next six to 12 months uh, through the right partnerships um, and the right conversations. And of course, as supply chain eases up across the board, I think that's something that uh, we're only going to look to uh, provide in the future. All right. So that you brought up all the, the logistics stuff. Now, I'd love to start talking about a little bit more of that in the state of where we are. Um, number one, do you see it getting better in the near term or longer down the road? Uh, well, I think we have to define what short and long term is, right? If we're talking in the next six months, and it, it also depends on what we're talking about better. Right. If we're talking port congestion uh, alleviating, uh, maybe, you know, post Chinese New Year, we'll see a short uh, stint of alleviation because not, nothing's going to be leaving China and a lot of these uh, Southeast Asian countries. Um, but who's to say that right after that happens uh, and the factories all pick back up and let's say all the U.S. brands order massive order uh, quantities because they don't want to stock out that we don't see that again. Right. So, well, I don't think anyone can confidently say that we're going to see alleviation on the port congestion side. Now, on the pricing side, uh, I think we have started to see that now we're, we're not necessarily paying twenty four thousand dollars for a 40 foot container coming to the East Coast, which is absurd. First of all, <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this we're talking mm -hmm. about at least between four and seven hundred percent price spikes when it comes mm -hmm. to containers. Um, I mean, there's only so long that companies and so much companies can do to eat those costs, uh, but ultimately it comes down to, hey, the consumers are going to have to eat it eventually. For right? sure. What are mm -hmm. they willing to pay? 
So now we're talking about more expensive shipping, more expensive PPC because the competition has risen, more expensive 3PL costs because the demand is surging, uh, longer lead times, so it's harder to plan. So you're placing larger inventory orders, your capital is stuck in inventory. I mean, there's so many issues that I just see so many new opportunities. And uh, to, to go back to the question of do you know we see anything really letting up in the six next short or long term for shipping and logistics? Uh, not really. Uh, I don't think anything is necessarily going to improve. Hopefully things don't get better. Um, or hopefully, hopefully things don't things get worse. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> yeah. hopefully things don't get better. I like that one. But uh, I mean, we're seeing, you know, over 70 container ships, for example, at just the port of LA and Long Beach. We're seeing over two dozen container ships at the port of Savannah. Uh, mm -hmm. It's natural for all these brands to just say, hey, we can't go to Long Beach, so let's try uh, to go through Texas or let's try to go through the Great Lakes. Uh, inbound ports are starting to open back up. And so uh, it's, it's a mess. But again, I think this is where we see tremendous opportunities. Port of LA is trying to do 24-7. It's something that they've never tried out before. Warehouses aren't prepared for it. Truckers aren't prepared How? for it. They How have they not tried it? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, you would you would think because in China, for example, and a lot of other countries, they run 24-7 ports. Uh, well, here we need to remember warehouses close at about 6 to 7 p.m., particularly those that are on the West Coast and on the on, I know the ones that are in uh, the Atlanta area, too. They can't receive products. If truckers can't leave the ports with containers because the warehouse is closed and there's nowhere for them to go, right? So these truck yards are just gonna keep filling up and filling up and filling up. It's gonna be longer lead times, more delays. Uh, it's, it's painful to say that it's just, it's not gonna get better before Chinese New Year, definitely. Um, we might see a short stint of it getting better post Chinese New Year, but I expect it to pick back up right after that. I think a lot of companies and brands see the value in having inventory rather than running a just-in-time lean model of supply chain. So this may turn to something, but I'll just ask it anyway. Uh, you guys are, Francois and, and Lisa, you guys are more plugged into logistics and than Dustin and I are. How, how did we not see this coming? Like, how, how, did the, how did this, I know there might be outside factors that might control this, whatever, different topic, but like, how did, how were we not ready for that? Like, how, why is this happening? Well, in large part, it's because it's so siloed, every aspect of it, right? Manufacturing is siloed from freight. Freight is siloed from ports. Ports are siloed from truckers. Trucks are siloed from 3PLs. And when everything has to work in perfect harmony for the entire supply chain to work, uh, you're going to have issues uh, if even one piece of it messes up, right? So, I mean, when we had uh, predictions about 18 months ago of people not spending, uh, which seemed absurd to begin with, like, we're first of all, this is America. Everyone loves to spend. If we have money, we're going to blow it somehow, some way, right? Yeah. Uh, so to think that no one was going to spend was absurd. Everything naturally shifted to e-commerce. We saw massive booms. I think I saw somewhere like a 300% increase in spend on e-commerce versus retail yeah, at one like point. Um, so, I mean, with, with that happening, it, it was just a knock-on effect after knock-on effect after knock-on effect. I don't know how no one saw it coming. Um, we've been having the same conversation that we're having here today about 18 months ago and telling, you know, essentially being the bearer of bad news where a lot of our clients even were saying, well, I want to go with a different freight forwarder because they're promising me something different. 
And well, you know, you get what you pay for at the end of the day. That's that's the only thing you could say to anyone like that. And it's all about, you know, relationships, communications, forecasts, um, a lot of stuff that we weren't prepared for to begin with because we've been living in this, uh, uh, I guess, perfect harmony of supply chain, this bubble that we've created on a faulty infrastructure. Uh, it's essentially saying, hey, in a perfect world, my supplier is always going to produce within 30 days. My ship is always going to take about three weeks. It's always going to take about seven days to unload. It's always going to take seven days for Amazon to check it in. In a perfect world, we can account to these types of forecasts. But once you throw a wrench in one piece of it, it, it throws off the entire thing. Now we're seeing uh, you know, 75 to 125% increases in total lead times. I mean, it's absurd. So it's... um. It's, it's something where I know if even we went back to some of our early podcasts uh, that we had with other supply chain leaders, it, it's it's almost like a, not an I told you so, but it's a we had this conversation. <laughs> this is not mm-hmm. out of the blue. Um, it's uh, it, it's not something that should surprise uh, anyone at this point in time, at least. Do you think this makes brands like Target, Best Buy reevaluate how they import their goods using third parties and maybe they just have their own division where they have their own ships and they control it so they could avoid things like this. I think in large part, uh, we've seen a lot of these major corporations do this uh, charter boats specifically for, let's say a thousand containers that they wanted to bring in. And they typically will sign like something like a between one and five year lease on that boat. Um, now, I think it's something that gives them more ownership on the supply chain, but I think every time that they cut out pieces of the middleman and they take more ownership, their operational risk uh, slightly decreases, but their costs increase, right? Uh, and so it's something to consider where, uh, you know, if they wanted to have a full staff, I'm sure they could. I'm sure a lot of these corporations could, mm-hmm. uh, but you're cutting out a lot of people and you might piss a lot of people off. Right. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, do I want to have healthy relationships with people that could help me out uh, or maybe do I diversify? Do I also have this one chartered boat, pay a little bit more, have people manage and operate that uh, while at the same time still using, uh, you know, uh, some of these uh, third party partners uh, to continue running our business? I think you need to have a healthy combination of both. I think diversification is key for any business, uh, but particularly the import export. What? For for both of you guys, what would you suggest to brands of, of any size, whether it's, you know, a size like the brands that Chris and I run or giant uh, corporations? What, what do you guys suggest our plan as sellers should be in terms of how we're organizing our, our orders? Do we order m- fewer units more often and have them delivered more often? Do we have larger... Uh, so we, we can pad our inventory to avoid disruptions. What's the best strategy for sellers to navigate this challenging time? That's that's a really hard question. I mean, I, I think it also, well, it depends on like what your product is too, right? Because like if you have, if you sell, let's say those like purple mattresses or Casper, those roll up, you know, mattresses that ship in a little tube and then you, you know, got to lay it out. Those have a weirdly short expiration date in their stored state and Mm. you can't ship them after it's 
it's something really short, like 12 to 18 months after them being rolled right. up. Like, so you can't just mass store that and then risk not selling it and it's sitting in FBA or a 3PL and then going bad. And then what are you going to do with that product? Um, in my opinion, not having quite the uh, supply chain information that that guy has, um, I I personally think that the best thing to do is to start look in start looking into diversifying your manufacturing and maybe reshoring some of those efforts to the your country where you have the majority of your sales. So like a lot of people are selling in on Amazon.com US. Um, we've had a lot of conversation with folks. There's a lot of great things that you can get shipped even just produced and shipped out of Mexico. You don't have to worry about the ports. You don't have to worry about the super long wait times. I mean, it's going to be a little bit more on the front end, but when you look at how much you're paying in in demerage and the money lost with the product not getting there on time and your listing being bumped down, it kind of all comes out in the wash if you just have to, you know, fly it or uh, send it by rail, you know, a couple hundred miles. So that's what I personally think is best. Also, not as a seller and not as a supply chain expert like Francois is. So take all of that with a grain of salt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, to, to add to that, uh, and it will be hard, I think, for a lot of sellers to quickly go to Mexico or to reshore in the US or even in Canada. Uh, at the end of the day, it's it's an economies of scale issue when you try to bring it to the U.S., right? Most manufacturers aren't going to consider you for a two, $3,000 order unless maybe you're in the supplement industry and looking to white label something. Um, now, when you're coming from overseas, uh, larger orders are definitely better, but diversifying the way that you're shipping those is important. Uh, now, if you could split it up to an 80-20, where 80% uh, of your cargo is going in a single container and maybe 20% going into uh, LCL shipments to different ports, to different partners, that's a good rule of thumb. Um, it comes down to your cost analysis also. You know, For LCL, you're always going to be paying more than you will for FCL per unit. Um, but also, you know, for your 3PL partner, uh, are they able to receive them more frequently? What are those costs associated with it? Uh, can you floor load your items in the container? Uh, if you're able to order more inventory and keep more inventory in the country that you're selling in, uh, that would be key. Uh, now, do you have the capital to do that? If you don't, maybe consider a loan uh, or consider uh, partnering with uh, a larger company or uh, I don't know, try getting some venture capital. Uh, I mean, I, I know there's a lot of money floating around in the e-commerce industry right now. Sellers funding, I think, is doing a great job. I think Tim Jordan's with them. Um, so, I mean, uh, if you could get inventory here, uh, you definitely should because your competitors are probably thinking the exact same thing and you want to take over that market share at the end of the day. Um, but splitting those up between full container loads, less than container loads, consider air freight. If, you know, market share is something that you're really focused on. If you know that your competitor can't keep up, even if you lose some money and bumping up that BSR, I think would be great. You end up getting more organic sales, spend less with PPC. Uh, I mean, it's you could create a flywheel effect essentially here if you could beat out some of your competitors. Um, I hope I answered that well yeah. enough. <laughs> uh, well, and, and to touch on that now with with everybody sort of dealing with this, I mean, this everyone's going to have to put their strategy together and there's going to be um, you know, a lot of struggles with this. What do you see happening during this holiday sales period? I mean, I would imagine there's going to be more out of stocking that we've than we've ever seen uh, on Amazon. 
which is just going to throw it. It's going to open up so many opportunities for Mm -hmm. the sellers that are in stock. I mean, you could do all kinds of things like raising your price higher than it would normally be uh, because you have the only one left of that, whatever that product is, people going out. Do you, do you see that same thing? Do you see that being more of an issue this year where there's just a lot more stocking out? Well, I, and I think um, it's particularly uh, prevalent in companies that are waiting for the best price and those that are price shopping more than they are partner shopping. Now, if you find someone reliable, that's a little bit more expensive, I would say go for it right now. It's a, it's, it's a time game, right? And if you can get it there quicker, if you get it to the Amazon fulfillment center quicker, because they're having longer lead times to check in. Um, if you have a partner that can, uh, let's say ship small parcel to Amazon FBA, because they have a different check-in for that versus they do for LTL, uh, versus, uh, full containers. So they have all these different check-in processes also, uh, finding the right partner that can find these solutions for you to get inventory in specifically for the holiday season, I think is key. Uh, I mean, if you don't, if you haven't placed your order from your overseas factory by now, uh, you're pretty much SOL. First of all, yeah. uh, if it's uh, just now leaving the port, what are we? November 4th. Yeah. We're talking about 70, 70 to 90 days realistically for that container to get across uh, the China port, to get across the U.S. port, to get trucks to deliver those to a 3PL or maybe directly to an Amazon center. Not only that, with with so many complications, there's a higher chance or probability of your products getting lost. Uh, tracking is significantly harder. So remember, just remember that you know a lot of these truckers are archaic uh, in the way that they're handling the the, the paperwork. It's really just they sign something. They don't even digitally upload it. They just hand it to their manager and then they trust that it's been delivered. Uh, So even getting those records is going to be complex. If you can get something digitized, I think now is key, specifically with Amazon, right? It's uh, they implemented this one policy where they were no longer signing and they didn't even know this. We had to contact them and their reps had no clue what was going on here. They refused signing proof of delivery uh, bill of ladings, which they used to do at their warehouses. Uh, and then they said, no, we're going to digitize this. And they weren't sending out the digitized versions of saying, yes, we received it. So a lot of people were having their inventory stuck there. Amazon couldn't process it because they didn't think that they received it because they didn't even know their own uh, new processes. So if you get it digitized and get a signature on there, that's important. Um, and, you know, understanding supply chain. I think this is a good time for any business owner to take a deep dive into Google, which is very open to pretty much everyone around the world <laughs> and just Google, Hey, what is going on? What is, uh, what is Demridge? What is chassis, C H A S S I S. What is uh, dwelling? What is truck waiting times? Uh, so many different aspects that go into supply chain that I think if you at least are fond of, it gives you a leg up on your competitor. Yeah, this is definitely an area that's much more uh, complex or you pay more attention to now than years past. You just sourced a product, it came across the boat, yada, 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 shows up at Amazon. Now it's like, you know, 24 grand for a container. I don't know how anybody's doing that. Like, <laughs> are, are there ways like you could- Right, that's how they're doing it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, are there like- 
like I'm just trying to think personally. Like, if I was to do that, is there terms I can do with my supplier? Like, look, I know this thing is going to be expensive. Can I give you like thirty now, thirty percent now, and like thirty percent in sixty days, and, and so on? Like, pay it off, or is it like, is there something I could do there? Yeah, yeah, it's all based on relationships, though, right? Now, if you've treated your supplier, I don't know if you could curse on this, but uh, like crap, right? <laughs> if you treated them like crap over the past 12 months or 18 months or 24 months, and you treated everything very transactional. Hey, I need this 5% less. Well, why? Well, I just need it 5% less, or I'm going to go find somewhere, someone else. Well, they give you that 5%. Everything's good and dandy. But now you're getting into these issues of, Hey, I'm tied up with capital. What can you do for me? How often do you think they're going to say, yeah, 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 let me help you out right now. No, they're booming with business. You're not their only customer unless you're, you know, even Walmart's targets, they all use contract manufacturers, right? And so they have other clients as well. That's why you see very high quality, either very small brand products or exactly the same thing that you would find at Walmart. Um, I mean, let's take the Lululemon leggings, for example, you find those, the Kirkland ones at Costco, right? We all know this. Um, so it's important to remember that if you have a relationship with them and a healthy relationship with them, where there is give and take on both sides, you are understanding, you do tell them what your plans are. You could probably get better terms with them. Now, if there's an opportunity for you to send them something on Chinese New Year, for you to just send them a thank you gift, it doesn't matter if it's a factory owner, if it's your sourcing agent, if it's um, just a representative that you've been talking to for a few months, Send them something nice. Uh, get with them on WeChat. Ask them how their day is going. Chances are it's rough for them too, right? So, I mean, if you just do the smallest things, it's 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 very surprising how often that gets overlooked. But do the smallest things. You will likely get something in return, whether that's an additional 15 days. And best case scenario, they'll give you net terms, right? They'll say, pay me 30% up front, net you know, 15 on the rest of it. That means... The entire way from the factory to the Chinese port, from the port to the U.S., no matter if it's stuck in customs for six weeks or uh, for two weeks, and then all the way to the 3PL. Let's say they give you net 15. Until you receive those products, you're not paying a dime. And that's all based on a relationship. It's not because they think you're going to do well. They know 10 other customers that are going to do well that they can offer these credit lines to. So it's about building that relationship with them and then you can ask them for something. But if it's off the bat, if it's just because you heard it on some podcast or from some YouTuber that says that you need to negotiate <laughs> payment terms right now, that there's no chance in hell they're going to look at even consider it. And actually it would probably be an insult to them for you to even propose it. So I kind of went on a rant, but relationship <laughs> is key at the end of the day. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the documentary of Lulu Lennon when you said that I immediately thought of that documentary Oh gosh, I think it was on Hulu. Uh, is that Lululemon or LuLaRoe? Oh, LuLaRoe. LuLaRoe, yeah. <laughs> uh, potato, potato, same thing. A little thing. different. So <laughs> you don't know what Lululemon is the the athletic brand. LuLaRoe was a leggings MLM that apparently oh, got God. sued out the yin yang. I haven't it's watched it yet. I, I want to. I have not. No, I, I haven't seen that. It's I haven't even heard good. of it. Apparently. <laughs> It's, it's on, on the Hulu? sourcing side. Yeah, I think it's on yeah. Hulu. Yeah. So Hulu or yeah. Amazon Prime, one of those. It's on I'll one check of those. That it's pretty funny. Uh, the things they did, it was insane. Uh, <laughs> so, how can I, like Mexico, Lisa, you touched on Mexico, sourcing Mexico, or even India. I've heard India is good. Uh, oh, but how do I find these types of manufacturers? Like, 
it's pretty easy to, we hopped over and you could find it, you know, in China and stuff, but how do you find manufacturers in Mexico? Yeah. So, I mean, we know Omar Dar, he works with Wittrack that he owns that company. He works with, you know, contact, contract manufacturing, and then also just, um, direct to factory manufacturing, sourcing, whatever out of Mexico. Um, so he is a great contact. We actually just made a connection with him from somebody, um, at powwow. Um, but honestly, like, the same the same i think goes for everybody you could probably just google search it honestly yeah i mean it's, it's it, a little bit harder it's a probably mexico a little bit harder is. for yeah. mexico it is i mean but even in terms of like india india is great they're very strong in a lot a lot of products and um we will always promote her megalobardwaj with the india sourcing yeah. network they just revamped their whole site and it is gorgeous and she has a whole map of india talking about the different regions and cities and what they're strong in and it's mm. it's fabulous so Michael is your girl for India and uh, Omer Dar, O-M-E-R-D-A-R for Wittrek for Mexico. Yeah. And U.S. Thomas Nat. Uh, but I mean, again, it all comes down to with the U.S. and Canada specifically economies of scale. You have to be mass producing. If not, you have to be willing to pay a pretty penny to start to shift your supply chain into the U.S. Sure. Um, because I, I, too many conversations happen where they just say, hey, we're going to find someone in the U.S. Well, you know, uh, not to bash them, but their their request is about a two thousand dollar order, uh, two thousand dollars in China. So two thousand dollars in China goes a lot further than it does here in the U.S. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's uh, it's important to also take that into consideration. Um, now, if you're scaling up, hundred percent diversify. Yeah, yeah, always always look at alternatives. Oh man, there's there's always so much to talk about with you guys, and especially right now with all the stuff going on with this. Um, but I do want to jump in because I don't know how my, I got cut off earlier with, <laughs> and I just have to let everybody know. I mean, my experience with Nobuland has been phenomenal. The streamlining of it. I was talking about my my personality. I do not like go through. Uh, I don't have all my SOPs and set up for what I'm going to do with logistics. But you guys handled everything for me. It was it was super seamless uh, from the RFQ to the, I mean, I got a quote, I got quotes back, picked, got samples, super easy, just threw them in a little sample cart, came right to me all in one package. Uh, that was amazing. Inspection included. I got my inspection report. I mean, I just kept going and going and going, <laughs> going, going. I'm like, this is the most thorough report I've ever seen in terms of inspection. I mean, it had pictures of everybody like stress testing it and all kinds of stuff. Um, so just an amazing uh, experience because it was literally from the, the, I did the RFQ, I placed my order after getting samples and the stuff showed up at my house. I mean, that's, that's, that's awesome. amazing. It's, it was, it, and it's, it cut out so many things that, uh, and I know that these are factories that are vetted by you guys. You guys have that relationship with them. So, I mean, it's such an amazing process. So anybody who's listening to this, that is struggling with the either side of it, whether it's sourcing or the logistics part. I mean, this is all in one. Like, what'd you call it? Full stack? Yeah, uh, full stack, stack infrastructure. infrastructure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're always trying to onboard new factories. So, I mean, if we don't have a factory today for someone, it's uh, it's something that we might consider six, 12 months down the road. It, it's just, it's a great experience, though. I'm telling you. And I can tell you the quality. So, I've this is a product I've been selling for a long time. I got a better price 
better shipping price and the quality was far superior to what I'd been selling before. I have, awesome. I have not yet gotten anything other than a five-star review on this product since I changed suppliers. So I'm that's giving awesome. you guys, that's because I'm giving you guys both the credit for that. He was like I a kid in a candy store when he got a sample. <laughs> he was so excited. We're going to have to send this over to the team. That's I love awesome. when our product specialist, because our product specialist also works so hard. And I mean, I just talk about this. I That's all I do. They're working behind the scenes to actually communicate with the factories, translate everything that you're actually looking for into a real product, uh, which I think a lot of times is a little difficult with the communication barriers. But I'm glad you had a good experience. And uh, that's what we're aiming for. Uh, right. Yeah. And I mean, if we can get it to you for cheaper, even better. <laughs> for sure. No doubt. Oh, I know one other thing I got to throw out there. This is great. So during the inspection, they did find a like a tiny flaw. They didn't even like. The, my representative at Nogaland just contacted me and said there was an issue with one of the products. We discovered it. We've already set those aside and they're reproducing those for you. So it's like, I didn't have to have a conversation. I was just like getting notified <laughs> that they found a problem and they fixed it. Um, so I'm, I've just, I'm really pleased. Of course, I'll be continuing to do this. And now I'm, I'm really excited about shop Noviland. Yeah. Is that is that the right my pronounce? Is that how you say it? Shop Noviland. It's Noviland Shop, but the URL is shop.noviland.com. So yeah. I, potato, potato, almost. Yeah. <laughs> Lululemon, Lululemon, same thing. <laughs> I don't think yeah. Lululemon would appreciate that. I don't think so either. I don't think so, either. especially after that little documentary. I don't think. They would yeah. <laughs> well, if. Uh, if anybody's interested out there that's listening right now to either either one of these, whether they're wanting to do the, the sourcing and the logistics or even add on Noviland Shop uh, as a new marketplace for them, how can they get in contact with you guys? Yeah, so um, if you want, you can just visit noviland.com. There is a link to shop there, but noviland.com is going to be all the information about the sourcing and logistics, 3PL. Um, for shop, you can go to shop.noviland.com. We do have a section. I believe the link is called creators. Um, it's down in the footer. And it's you a can. application. Yeah. Um, you can join the waitlist to be one of the creators to sell on our site. But in the meantime, go ahead and peruse and let us know. I mean, honestly, anybody listening, visit shop.navyland.com and DM us with your thoughts on the site, um, the interface, the products, the pricing structure. We're really like genuinely want uh, user feedback right now. So you can DM me at um, on LinkedIn, just Lisa Kinski, um, or DM us through Facebook or Instagram. We're everywhere. So yeah, well, it looks yeah, good. Our, it looks good. Our IT team really uh, built this from the ground up so we could add any functionality that would serve the consumer and the creator even more, right? Not built on something like Shopify, which has great APIs, but it has its limitations. Um, and so, yeah, any creators that are interested, and we call them creators because that's what everyone is, right? Both of you guys are creators. You guys created your product. You created your brand. You, uh, you're also manufacturers, right, of your own brand. Um, and so there's an application at the bottom. It's a it's a wait list. You have to use Noviland uh, 3P on fulfillment to even be considered on the application itself. Um, so if that's something that anyone's struggling with too, you can find that uh, on our sourcing side, just at Noviland.com. I encourage everyone to do that. You got to go check them out. Uh, and you also have to check out all the content these two are putting out everywhere. Their podcast, Link Up Leaders. It's amazing. 
you guys are on all kinds of other people's podcasts and YouTube channels. <laughs> I see you all the time. Um, you guys are very active on social media and LinkedIn. So everyone make sure you're following them, uh, check out their podcast. We will have them back on again, obviously. We can't stop at three. We have to go to four. Four, four Pete. The beauty, the beauty of this whole uh, business model is it changes all the time. There's always yeah. something uh, you never know when there's going to be a pandemic and a partnership uh, <laughs> parked sideways oh in the uh, <laughs> So you just never know what's going to happen, uh, which keeps everything, uh, keeps us on our toes. That's why we love talking to you guys. So really appreciate you coming back on. Um, going through sort of the updates of what's happening both with Novaland and with logistics. We'll do it again. Everyone who's listening right now and you like content like this, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. Also, if you liked live streams, if you want to see us, if you want to see the amazing, cool guests that we bring on, see their smiling faces while they're talking, uh, we live stream these. So you can see that on Solozo's Facebook channel, our Facebook page, LinkedIn page, and Solozo's YouTube channel. Uh, make sure you uh, like, subscribe to those as well. Turn on notifications so you can see when we go live. And if you're gearing up for Q4 and you're ready to ramp up your advertising on Amazon and you need help, you want to make sure you're optimizing towards your goals this holiday season, Solozo can help you out. Go to solozo.com. Uh, you can book a demo with either Chris or myself, and then we'll do an onboarding call with you too. After you come on, we'll talk all kinds of strategy. We can help get those campaigns set up to be uh, for optimal performance during this great uh, holiday season. So make sure you go there. All right, everybody. That was a blast, guys. Thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll see everybody next time. Have a good one. Thanks, you guys. Bye, guys.